All right, after a disappointing month, 20, actually, check that, three, two, one. Okay, after a really bad December, the Jaguars wrap up the end of the month and head into the new year on the right side, a dominant 26 nothing victory over the Carolina Panthers. Welcome to our first installment of Debt, Taxes, and Duval in 2024. Yeah, continues this year, and along with Hayes Carline, my name is Rick Ballou. I, uh, Hayes, want to say hello to our sponsor, but boy, man, December was just awful around here for Jaguars fans, but it was nice to see them uh, complete the year by getting a victory, and now they hold it right in front of them. You win this weekend in Tennessee, you know you're hosting a playoff game. Yeah, absolutely, Rick. Happy New Year, and uh, yeah, Happy New Year to Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. We're certainly grateful for their support. John Spicklemeyer, my good friend, going back all the way to high school, does a sensational job. He saved me a lot, a lot of money when it comes to car insurance. He can also help you with home insurance as well. Give him a call at 471-7155. That is Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. John will take great care of you. And uh, Rick, yeah, it was it was interesting to me. Obviously, it was fantastic to see the Jaguars win because they were staring at a franchise-altering collapse, uh, the kind of collapse that can take years to get beyond. Uh, you know, it's it's this could have been a, a something that that haunted the fan base certainly for a year, if not many years. So uh, it appears that you know they're not out of the woods, but they certainly took a big step to avoiding that collapse uh, by beating Carolina. Might be the worst team I've ever seen, uh, which is saying a lot, uh, considering <laughs> yeah. you know my work on this beat goes back to the 2013 Jaguars that opened 0 and 8, uh, Gus Bradley's mm-hmm. first year. But uh, and, and I haven't watched Carolina week in and week out. That may be the worst game they've played all season. Um, I hope it is because that was vomitous. But we'll take it. Look, I mean, at this point, you know, you 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 take the breaks when you can get them because in this league you're not going to get very many of them and. Uh, Carolina was abysmal, but the, to the Jaguars' credit, what I what I was really pleased about is how clean a game they played. One penalty, which was really a questionable horse collar call, uh, so just one penalty in a game, and for once they didn't turn the ball over. So uh, they they did what they needed to do. Just don't make mistakes, and and it was pleasing to see because that's been their identity all season is mistakes galore self-destruction, and at least for one 60-minute period of football, they eliminated all that. Hopefully that's a start of something as we as we get to the finale here and then hopefully a, a run in the playoffs. Yeah, you're right. That team was terrible. Bryce Young looks lost. He's only a rookie, and you know, rookie quarterbacks struggle in this league. Uh, that is paramount, I guess, outside of maybe what we've seen with, with C.J. Stroud this year. But if you're in Carolina, I'm sure you're saying, why are we not the team? Uh, with C.J. Stroud. It it did not look good at all uh, for Carolina. There's problems there from the top with the owner all the way down to the 53rd man on the roster. On the flip side, Jacksonville looking enthusiastic here. I I don't know if they had a little extra bump uh, knowing that Trevor wasn't out and and maybe the effort would have to be, um, you know, 110% on every play with Beathard in. I thought Beathard rose to the occasion. Uh, He wasn't outstanding, but, you know, he, he took what the defense gave you. In a game like this, maybe that's what the Jaguars needed is to go back to the basics a little bit and instead of trying to um, do some things that maybe aren't there. And, you know, if there's a knock on Trevor Lawrence, uh, maybe it's that he's always trying to make the play, trying to do some things that aren't necessarily there. But 
trying to make a play for his team where you know you're not going to get that out of C.J. Beathard. Again, he's going to be one of those guys who goes out and gives you what the defense uh, allows. So, you know, I thought it was a great day. I thought defensively, certainly they played some really good football. What, six sacks, many more pressures. Um, People in Carolina will tell you that they have the worst offensive line in the NFL. Certainly around here, that remains the biggest concern, I got to believe, for the remainder of this year and, and certainly heading into uh, 2024. So, you know, I, I like what they did. Um, you, if you didn't watch the game or, you know, let's say you were having a, a few too many cocktails, which is always um, a great thing for Jaguar fans. And you look at the numbers, you see 35 rushes, 24 passing attempts. And that's incredible. I mean, this team has not done that much, uh, if at all, if, if, if really, you know, I got to look, look back to the 2017 season of, uh, of Blake Bortles when he was a quarterback, when they ever had numbers like that, you know, 155 rushing yards that skewed a little bit by the 62 yarder with Travis Etienne. But what I liked here during this game, Hayes, is that even though the, the rushing attack still isn't where you need it, they didn't abandon it. And that does two things. Number one, that's got to keep defensive coordinators, including this weekend in Tennessee, along with Mike Vrabel, got to keep them honest and you got to do that in the playoffs as well. Um, I think a lot of teams would have pressed the panic button and passed, 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 passed. This team did not. They stayed with the run. You had the home run hit by ETN, which can happen if you stay consistent with the rushing attack. So I, I really admired the game plan, and I think that was a big part of their victory on Sunday. Yeah, no doubt about it. Rick, what do you make of of the season Josh Allen has had, and and how has he changed, if at all, your perception of what his future should look like in Jacksonville? Well, you got to pay him. Uh, do you want to slap a franchise tag on him, have him miss everything during the offseason, then, you know, show up right around week one? Um, do you do that? Or do you give this guy top five, you know, defensive end money? Uh, the guy on the other side it wants the same deal. Brian Burns, he wants top five defensive end money. If you watch this game, there was no comparison. Uh, Josh Allen is, is a better football player right now than Brian Burns. So this is going to be such a fascinating offseason. It, it, I mean, granted, I want to see this thing continue just like you do for as long as it possibly can. But just think of the litany of decisions that Trent Bulky and company are going to have to make. I, I know that our listening audience has been suspect when it comes to Josh Allen. I've talked about this the last couple of years, and it's about 50% of people who are like, yeah, sign him, uh, give him a long-term contract compared to, uh-uh, let, let's move along. I think that has swayed this year, certainly in favor of Allen because of the season he's had. But he's a defensive leader. He's not a captain. He had that, you know, it's it's Roy Robertson-Harris now. I, I mean, You can maybe maybe read into that. I, I don't know. When I go to the locker room, man, he seems like he's such a friendly guy, such a good teammate. I, I think he's one that um, they would like to bring back. But, you know, when you rank issues now, and, and this is just amazing to me, Hayes. I mean, in August, number one responsibility for me would have been pay Trevor in March. Responsibility number two for me would be re-sign Calvin Wrigley to a long-term deal. I had Cam Robinson, no way that he would return. And Josh Allen was kind of a, a coin toss. You look at that now, 
what's the hurry on Lawrence after the way that he's played? Make a play week four or year four with that rookie contract. Ridley, uh, he just turned 29. I, I don't want to pay him top five, top 10 wide receiver money. I mean, he's 31st right now in the NFL in uh, in receptions, and he's right around the same in yards. And, you know, Cam Robinson, uh, the guy can't stay on the field, but they win when he's in, and then you get back to Allen. So, and there's so many more that they're going to have to make here. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to get this done with Allen. Uh, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I agree, and, and I'm really intrigued to see – can the Jaguars hit the gas at the perfect time? And Doug Peterson's had teams that, that or they, he's had a team do this before and win the whole thing, win the Super Bowl. I don't think the Jaguars can win the Super Bowl, but I am curious to see, can they hit the gas now? Now that they've broken the four-game losing skid, it's not too late. I mean, they, if they can parlay a win over a terrible Carolina team, into a win over a bad Tennessee team on the road to lock up the division. You know, then as you go into wild card weekend, you're at home, you've won a couple in a row. The four game losing streak seems like it's a little bit of a memory. I think you're going to have Christian Kirk back, might even have him back for the Titans game, but I think you definitely will have him back for the first, uh, the wild card playoff game. So I, I almost, I, I don't have a ton of confidence that this team is a real contender. But I also think that if they've come out of this lull, if they've eliminated the BS, as Doug Peterson lamented for many weeks in a row, if we can just stop beating ourselves, if they've finally gotten to that point, then I do think this is it. I mean, go play your best football now. I, I don't think it's too late. I don't know that it will happen. But I don't think it's too late, and I think Josh Allen's a big part of that, and Trayvon Walker's playing better. So if all of a sudden you've got you know two pretty good guys in terms of getting after the quarterback, I mean Josh Allen's a star. I mean he's had he has had a star season. There's no uh, if ands or buts about it. He should be top five defensive player of the year voting. That's just incredible. Uh, he you know set the the franchise record for single season sacks and and his numbers go even beyond that. I mean I don't think that there's early in the season he had a couple sacks where he like pushed Anthony Richardson out of bounds. Okay, that's a sack for a minus one yard or he tackled. Right. He, so he had a couple early that uh you know were just sort of effort plays. But I mean he's had an unbelievable season. I saw some stat where uh he's the first player since Lawrence Taylor. To have like four games of of uh, two and a half sacks or more in a in a, a single season, I mean, it, it, I don't care what it is. If you're if you're in a category and Lawrence Taylor's the only other guy in it, you've had yeah. an incredible season. So uh, you know if he can if he can stay hot, he is hot. If Josh Allen can stay hot and Trayvon Walker is starting to round into form. And you're starting to get healthy, and you get Christian Kirk back. And Cam Robinson struggled the other day, but it's good that he's back. And Cam usually does that. He comes back, he's bad in game one, but then he then he finds his form and, and gets back to you know playing good football. And I have to think Walker Little, Ezra Cleveland, you know, they're gonna get healthy and be able to supplant, you know, Shatley at left guard. So am I cra- I I don't believe they can go to the Super Bowl. But am I crazy to think that it, it isn't too late, despite the awful football they played prior to the Carolina win, that they can still hit the gas on this thing and, and surprise us? It, this league this year is unlike anything 
that I can remember. It, it's so hard to pick winners straight up. I'm not even talking about a point spread. I'm talking yeah. about straight up. Three weeks ago, we were talking about maybe Denver as the hottest team in the NFL. Uh, they had won six of seven. All of a sudden, they've come back down to life. Kansas City looks old. Miami looked absolutely unbeatable with that offense. All of a sudden, they've struggled. They've lost two of their last three. Right now, it feels like Buffalo may be the best team in the AFC, not named Baltimore. Cleveland's the best story in the NFL. We talk about the injuries here. Look at the injuries in Cleveland and getting Joe Flacco off the couch and what they've been able to do. So, you know, you just go back and forth and around. And the point I'm trying to make is outside of Baltimore, which I still think is suspect in the world of if they're down by a couple of possessions and you're late in the third quarter and you go into the fourth quarter, can you trust Baltimore if they're not playing their type of football game to come back and win a game late, even though maybe with the MVP and probably still with the best kicker in the game. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought the Jaguars could lose four in a row, flip the switch, win a couple of days ago. Uh, you know, you go out and you, you go out and you pound Tennessee. There's two things that could happen. Um, number one, you know that you're now you've won two straight and you get ready to host a playoff game. Number two, it could be so bad that you could kick Mike Vrabel out of the division. I mean, he could end up in New England. He could just end up out. Um, that would be one of the unwritten goals that I would have right now if I was Doug Peterson. And I know they don't, you know, blow teams away uh, as much as we would like. Sure, 26 nothing last week against the worst team in the NFL was great. But could you imagine that kind of being the thought? Let's blow out Tennessee. Get Mike Vrabel out of this division. He's a good coach right now. He's He's playing with not nearly as much talent uh, as other teams. And then, yeah, you get to the playoffs, man, and you got a home game. It was good to see them win two days ago to finally get the three and five at the bank. That that had been a concern. And before you know it, if that's the case, you're right back where you were a year ago. You're probably on the road for a divisional round game in the playoffs. And we all remember what happened a year ago. They had an opportunity there. Uh, against Kansas City. They made a couple of huge mistakes with the Agnew fumble and, and the Christian Kirk drop. But, you know, if you go back a couple of weeks ago, I, I think any Jaguar fan listening to us right now would say, are you trying to tell me you back in the divisional round of the playoffs this year, every single one of them would have taken it. Yeah, I, I agree. And and that's that. I think you bring up a great point because you have to remember that there's some baby steps involved here. I mean, this franchise was a joke for a decade when it comes to on-field performance. And, you know, if they can win the division in back-to-back years, look, I, I understand there's some NFL markets where they, they would they would hem and haw at that. You don't do that here. I mean, if, no. if they can win Sunday, I, I don't care what happens in the tournament. It's been an unbelievable year considering where they've been. Now, obviously, as you move forward and Trevor gets closer to the peak of his career – then yes, you're you're going to have loftier goals and expectations. But for now, just the fact that this year that it proves last year wasn't a fluke uh, is is it's going to mean so much. I think for the fan base and the city and the franchise. So uh, yeah, if they can go win Sunday and and I think they're going to. I I I just I don't think that no matter what happens in in the playoffs, I think the season has to be deemed a success because it's just been so long since they've had consecutive years 
where they have won something of consequence. And so, uh, you know, I, I think it's I think they're they're on a, a magnificent path. If they can win Sunday, I think they will. Rick, what's your first impressions of, of the Titans? We've obviously seen them once this season, but where do you assess where they're at right now? You know, I don't think they're just playing out the year, and I think it's because of their head coach. You can make the case that Carolina was. You can make the case that there's, you know, other teams. I look at 20 minutes of awful play by New England uh, the other day, taking on the Jets this weekend. It feels like there's a couple of teams that are that are just playing out the, uh, you know, the season. Um, I, I, I don't feel that way. I, I think there's a lot of pride uh, there in, in Tennessee, so you know they're going to play hard. And – you know, I'm always one of those who wants the the intangibles to be as friendly uh, as possible. I I don't feel that way going in. I I, I want this to be cold. I, I want it to be uh, the not the eight years that I was a sideline reporter. The coldest game I ever covered was in Nashville. Me I mean, too. It wasn't in Buffalo. Yeah. yeah were, were you at that game? Oh, uh, it was brutal. It, it, yeah. It, it, I wasn't in Buffalo. It, you know, wasn't in Denver. It wasn't in uh, Green Bay. It was it was in Tennessee. And I, I'd like them to get this experience, take it on this Tennessee team that's going to play hard in the cold on Sunday, because if during the divisional round and championship round, you know, they find themselves going to a Baltimore or a Buffalo, whatever it may be. Um, it, 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 I know they're pros anyway, and, and they're used to it, but I, I think it's cool to get that opportunity during this time of the year, you know, to play a game, where the temperature is brutal, then come back home, play a playoff game here in Jacksonville. If you're able to win that, then you have to go back out on the road. Again, you get those elements. So I, I think it's a real good, um, you know, almost, uh, I don't want to say uh, preview because the game is important. Obviously, Jacksonville has to win this game coming up on Sunday. But, uh, you know, the Titans are a, a football team that is not where they once were. And, you know, they've, they've had a lot of injuries they don't seem to be the same uh, in the ditch as they were in years past. And it, it feels like Derrick Henry is, is slowing a little bit. You know, he's just over 1,000 yards. But if you look at the type of season he's had and, and average per carries, you know, he's going to end up going uh, over uh, 300 carries again for the season. Let's see, 3.9. So he's right there with ETN as far as his average per carry. You know, you look at his career, 5'1", 5'4", 4'4", 4'3". I mean, it's really down. He's, he's down a yard, half yard, you know, over the last six seasons. So, you know, it feels like maybe that's starting to come towards uh, the end of his career. I I think this sets up wonderfully uh, for Jacksonville. How about you? Do, you? do you see a speed bump here? Or are you kind of in the in the mindset that if they play their game, they should be fine. Yeah, I was I was really happy to see this as a Sunday kick. I was afraid it would be Saturday and the league would would kind of say, all right, AFC South is just going to be decided on Saturday. That's what we're going to do for, for that day, and then we'll settle everything else on Sunday. You knew Bills, Dolphins would be Sunday night football, uh, and, and rightfully so. So I, I thought they caught a break uh, because it's a Sunday game. Houston and Indy will be Saturday night. Uh, so you get the extra day for Trevor Lawrence, which I think is is substantial because I think he's close. I don't think he's he's really far off. Uh, so you know, my hope is and expectation is that Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to play. C.J. Beathard did a commendable job, but you want your franchise quarterback to be out there. So I like the extra day. 
And uh, and I think Tennessee just stinks. I mean, you mentioned Simmons is out. He's been a game wrecker for the you know against the Jaguars. That's going to really hurt Autry and Landry. I, I know those guys have big sack numbers. They're both double digits. Simmons is the reason for that. He creates all that. Uh, and so I think that limits them. Tennessee's minus seven in turnover margin. Uh, the thing that's so striking there, and it's similar to what we talked about with Carolina, they just don't take the ball away. They have 12 on the season. That's next to last in the NFL. Carolina was was dead last with 11 and still is. So so Tennessee shows no ability to take the ball away. So unless the Jaguars just hand them the ball, I uh, you know, I think they're going to win the turnover battle there. And you know, it's like offensively what is Tennessee right now? To your point, I mean, it's I'm assuming it's going to be Tannehill, uh but he's got no confidence. He was asked after the game you know, their offensive line is so pathetic. He was asked after the game, did you feel like there were t- instances where you just didn't have a chance? And he said, yeah. I mean, how often? <laughs> he said, yeah, definitely. Well, how often does a veteran quarterback bite on that question? I mean, right, right. That, that tells you all you need to know. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is probably praying to God he doesn't have to play on Sunday because he knows he has no chance back there. Uh, I mean, they have one receiver. They have a decent tight end, young tight end, but... Uh, but DeAndre Hopkins is the only receiver of consequence. I I, I don't think that I, I there's certainly a tough team. Mike Vrabel I do think is a is a, a top tier coach in this league, but they just don't have the the, the guys. I mean, I, I would be very disappointed if the Jaguars go in there and lose that game. To me, it would be a choke job if the Jaguars go in. It would be very similar, maybe not as extreme, but similar to when the Colts came here in the finale and lost to Daryl Bevel and the Jaguars in the Urban yeah. Meyer nightmare season uh, where the call, the, all the Colts had to do was win that game and they were in the playoffs. And they came here, Carson Wentz played awful, and they lost to a, a Jaguars team that had nothing to play for. And, uh, you know, and that was a choke job. This will be a choke job. If, if, the, if the Jaguars go to Nashville and cannot beat this team, the Titans have lost seven of their last nine, and they're scoring 16 points in that stretch. So if the Jaguars can get to 17 points, they're in great shape. If they can get to 24 points, they're in outstanding shape. So yeah, I like the Jaguars because I, I do. I think they're mentally tough. They do not strike me as a team that is going to choke. I I think they're they're humbled from the four game losing streak, but now they've found some confidence. I think they go to Tennessee and get a win. What do you think, Rick? Yeah, I do as well. And, um, you know, if they go out and play their football, uh, you know, play their football game the way that they are supposed to, it shouldn't be an issue. I think they can win with C.J. Beathard. I, I absolutely believe they can. I mean, that's going to be the question all week. Is Trevor going to play? We'll know more later in the week. And, you know, Trevor could absolutely return. We could see, uh, as you pointed out earlier, Kirk return and, and maybe even Zay Jones uh, return. I, I, I think kind of lost in all of this is uh, Jamal Agnew. Now in consecutive weeks, the Jaguars have lost two really good special teams players. Uh, Daniel Thomas, one of the better gunners in the NFL, gone. Now you lose Agnew. That hurts. Um, we, you know, we saw what special teams can do. Carolina didn't have a kicker. Look at their special teams. Look at Michigan in that uh, semifinal the other night against Alabama with, with bad special teams. So, you know, I want to say they're going to be okay with Parker Washington and and um, but he's a rookie. So, you know, that's a little bit of an issue um, to wonder there. Where will this team be special teams wise? Because 
Yeah, McManus went through that bad stretch of a couple of games. He, he did bounce back yesterday with, with shorter field goals. But I think special teams are often overlooked, and they become so important, especially in, in January football. So uh, to me, that's that's something to keep an eye on. But I, I, I think the Jags are with the right mindset. And, uh, yeah, I, I think they go on out and they win this game somewhere in the neighborhood of around 10 points or so. That That would be – my estimation, and then uh, you get back home here and you get ready to see who you're going to take on in the playoffs. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I like the Jaguars, and, uh, you know, it's it's going to be exciting to see what ends up happening and who, uh, you know, who, who uh, steps up for them. Obviously, we know the opponent, if they win, it'll be the Browns rolling in here. I like that matchup. We'll talk about that, you know, hopefully next week, assuming the Jaguars win the division and get in. But uh, I, I feel like Joe Flacco, that's getting ready to take a turn. He's getting ready to have... And to me, that that's a great story. He's getting ready to be zero touchdowns, four picks, and I and I think that game's going to happen here in Jacksonville. But but again, we'll talk more about that. Uh, you know, once it's once it's locked up, we know Cleveland's the five. So if Jaguars, uh, if 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 they win, it will be the Browns coming to uh, to Jacksonville next week. But uh, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Again, want to thank John Spicklemeyer four seven one seven one five five Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Don't pay too much for your car insurance. Let John look at your policy, and he's going to tell you one of two things. Either he's going to say, I can't save you money, stick with this policy, it's good. Or he's going to say, hey, let's take this out, let's adjust this. You know, He can save you some money. He can just shop it and save you money, even if it's the current policy that you have. So you have nothing to lose. He can also help you with home insurance as well. That's really skyrocketing. So if you're disappointed in your home insurance premiums, give John a call, 471-7155. And uh, Rick, get us out of here, and uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, uh, Hayes, you and yours, and all our listeners as well. Uh, 2024, uh, really looking forward uh, to this year. All right, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Always our favorite part of the uh, conversation on death taxes and Duval is your response. Best way to get us is on our Twitter and or X. You can get me, Baloo1010XL. Yeah, and uh, reach out to me, please, at Hayes Carline. We always appreciate it. Folks, have a great week. Looking forward to hearing from you. And we'll talk next week right here on Death Taxes and Duval.